Good morning. The reading is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, commencing at verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times will I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that, that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Amen. As we begin exploring the theme of forgiving one another together, I'd like to read uh, another passage from the New Testament, from Colossians chapter 3 and beginning at verse 12. This is the passage I referred to earlier on when we had our fashion show. Therefore, Paul writes, and let's pause for a moment and remember that if there's a therefore, we need to check what it's there for. Paul has been writing about taking off our old selfish ways of doing things. Excuse me. (coughs) There we go. Therefore, because we've been taking off our old selfish way of doing things, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom 
through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We are working our way through a series after Easter, looking at one another sayings in the New Testament. And by way of a trailer, I've been putting on Facebook, on our Facebook page, these uh, silly little uh, images which give a clue as to what it is. Now, we know what our theme is, but in case you weren't sure what this was, it's forgive one another. And we're looking at them together as being like facets of a priceless jewel. The priceless jewel is Jesus' command that we love one another as he has loved us. And each of the one another sayings that we're exploring is a different facet of that beautiful jewel. Last Sunday morning we explored how serve one another is one of those facets. And now we come to one which, let's be honest, can cause us anxiety, stress, hurt, forgive one another. Now I want to ask you to listen really carefully this morning because there'll be moments when if you misunderstand what I'm saying it could be upsetting for you and that really is not my intention. Let's recognise that this is holy ground and we must tread softly. It wasn't possible for Paul to explain all the intricacies around forgiveness in one letter, never mind one sentence. So his shorthand, if you like, for us, is that our forgiveness of one another is of the same order as God's forgiveness of us. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And remember that Paul was writing those words as part of a a wider metaphor about spiritual clothes, the metaphor from the fashion world. And the image Paul gives us is of new, beautiful clothes, a lovely new outfit to replace the torn stuff we were wearing before. And Paul has been urging the Colossian Christians to take off the filthy rags they used to wear, and they're listed in chapter 2, some of them, and instead to put on these new kingdom clothes. Dazzling, beautiful. Listen to them again. Being tender-hearted, kind, humble, meek, ready to put up with anything, forgiving one another, and all of it held together by love. Now, these kingdom clothes are not available in the shops or on the internet. You can't make them in the Great British Sewing Bee. You can only be given them. God's Spirit provides them for us, and he clothes us in this wonderfully attractive ensemble, making us look more like Jesus. It's such an attractive look that if we, as church or as churches, all wear those clothes, people from outside will look at us and go, ooh, I like that. And forgiving one another is a significant part of this new outfit. But how is forgiveness possible? 
Well, it's an expression of what the Bible calls agape love. Agape is a Greek word that describes an aspect of love, the sort of love that wants the absolute best for other people. It's not about our emotions. It's not about how you feel about somebody else. It's about how you regard them. It's how God loves us. And as I said earlier on, an aspect of forgiveness is that the love we have for another person outweighs the hurt and offence that we feel. And when it comes to God's love, we see that. And it overflows with grace and grace and more grace. We don't deserve God's love. We don't deserve God's forgiveness. But he loves us unconditionally. And we'll come back to that word. And without limit. Because he loves us. And because he loves us. And because he loves us, he wants us to be restored. He wants us to ask for forgiveness for the selfishness, the ways we've fallen short of God's standards, the things that have wrecked our relationship with him because he wants that relationship to be restored. God forgives us because of Jesus' death on the cross. And the Bible has a whole load of different images that help us understand what was going on when Jesus died, how it is that God was able to forgive us because of Jesus' death on the cross. Images of Jesus receiving the death sentence that we deserved. Unpayable debts being written off. Stains being washed off. Victory over evil being found when we were lost. Breaking chains that bind us and so many more. And all of these begin and end with grace. God's love restoring what has been broken. You may be aware of the Japanese art of kintsugi. Broken crockery that is mended by being welded together with pure gold. And actually, something even more beautiful can be created. If you like, God's love is the gold that restores our broken relationship with him. And God's love is the gold that enables our broken relationships with one another to be restored. So when we read in the Bible this encouragement to love one another, it starts with recognize sorry, to forgive one another, it starts with recognizing that we love one another. And it's not an emotion, it doesn't depend on how you're feeling. It's an intention. It's wanting the best for others because that's what God wants for them. That's how God sees them. Forgiveness is an amazing example of this sort of love winning. It's important in a community particularly that we forgive one another because a community is only as strong as the relationships within it. And that's particularly, I think, true of churches. Forgiveness strengthens and restores relationships. Unforgiveness undermines relationships. It destroys communities. It stops us loving one another. It eats away at that love. It consumes trust and hope and joy. There is a world of difference, though. Please hear this. There is a world of difference between being unable to forgive someone 
because of how it has affected you and being unwilling to forgive someone. Unforgiveness is when we choose to hold on to the hurt and the offence that has been caused and we don't want to let go. In a church, unforgiveness is like a car with rust under the surface. It eventually is going to work its way through the whole thing. We may look okay to start with, but the strength and integrity of the church is being corroded, and sooner or later it's going to fall apart or be ineffective. But the toxicity of unforgiveness doesn't just apply to a community. It applies to each one of us within a community. Grudges that we hold are perhaps a little bit like mice in our soul. They gnaw away at the emotional and spiritual well-being, particularly if we feed them with resentment or indignation. And in churches, unforgiveness affects our witness. Jesus says loving one another is the way that people will see what he is like. They will know that we are his disciples failing to love one another or we're still actively hating one another, portrays something completely different. Forgiveness is important for the health of a church so that that facet of how we love one another gleams. And God wants to help us with it. Forgiveness flows from our relationship with God. Prayer is absolutely key to this, to helping us forgive one another. In his prayer, Jesus taught his followers to pray, forgive us our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass, who sin against us. Let's pause just for a moment there. It's in the Lord's Prayer, perhaps the best-known prayer in the world. Jesus says we are to ask God to forgive us as we forgive others. Now, the second part of it doesn't stop being a prayer. It's not a bargain we strike with God that we say, please forgive us because we've been good and we've forgiven them. We are to pray for God's forgiveness, and I believe, too, to pray that God will help us to forgive others. We'll come back a little later on to that really significant word, as. But let's for the moment just note, Jesus wants us to be praying about forgiveness. Our forgiveness with God and our forgiveness between one another. And he gives us his spirit to help us. Remember that parable from Matthew 18, which John read to us. The servant who'd been forgiven so much could not forgive the one who owed owed him a fraction of what he had owed. Now when I've read this parable, it's kind of made me shudder kind of makes you a little scared, particularly the last bit. A threatening parable to warn me to make sure I forgive other people or else. But actually, the scaling is a little different on the the version I prepared, but grace is meant to be grace in large scale is given to the servant. That's what this parable is telling us. The debt the servant owed was unpayable and the master forgave it in full. Remember, Jesus told this parable in answer to to the question, how much should I forgive? 
And the answer effectively is graciously, in abundance. Now the servant took that grace for for granted and wasn't willing to extend it when it was asked for from him. I think the parable is about us recognising that we can take God's forgiveness really lightly. And it's a warning that unforgiving attitudes, remember an unwillingness to forgive, wrecks not just a relationship with others, it can actually wreck our relationship with God. If we realise the full extent of God's love shown in the forgiveness, he constantly offers to us, then it can overflow to others. God's forgiveness made possible by Jesus' death on the cross is complete. The slate is wiped clean. No offence is taken any longer. The memory has been wiped. But, and this is really important, we seriously misunderstand God's grace and forgiveness if we make our forgiving somebody else to be a condition of our being forgiven. The prayer is not forgive us because we forgive others. Paul didn't write forgive because the Lord forgave you. The word is as. Literally, it is according or in the same way as. Our forgiving should be in the same manner of, in the same way as God forgives. And when we get that, suddenly this passage and this principle of forgiving as God forgives doesn't become something to beat you up with or to beat other people up with. It's about the nature of forgiveness, not the condition for it. And I think it's really important to recognise that forgiveness is a process, not an event. There's an awful lot going on when forgiveness is given and received. Sometimes it might seem like an event because it all happens so quickly. Probably, possibly, because the offence caused is not very deep. I trod on your toe. Oh, sorry, that's all right, I forgive you. But if the hurt is huge, If the pain is deep, it may take time for forgiveness to be possible. You may need some external help, some counselling, or from somebody else if the trauma is deep. That's not an unwillingness to forgive. That's not unforgiveness. That's an inability to forgive. Getting help from somebody else is no less spiritual than visiting the hospital when you've broken your arm. Please, don't misread this parable or the Lord's Prayer or the passage we're exploring to tell yourself that if you can't forgive someone yet, God won't forgive you. There is a world of a difference between willing unforgiveness and unwilling ability and inability to forgive. God's forgiveness, like his love, is unconditional. He doesn't say, I will forgive you if. He says, I forgive you. And what he longs for is that we can find ourselves in that place where we can forgive others 
that we can extend that same grace that we have received. Now, I'm going to share with you a really, really simplistic model that may help to see this, but please, please recognize the limitations of this crude model. The process of forgiveness involves conscious decisions. If you like, it involves a wrongdoer deciding to ask for forgiveness and a wounded person deciding to forgive. And when the two things happen together, forgiveness offered and received, reconciliation is possible. But it is a process. I think it may go something like this. For a person who's been wounded, it may be, I can't forgive, but I want to. I want to forgive, but I'm not ready. I'm ready to forgive, but I haven't yet. I do forgive. For a person who's the wrongdoer, it may be, well, there isn't a problem. Oh, I recognize there is a problem, and I've caused it. I need to apologize and be forgiven. I have apologized and been forgiven. As I said, if the issue is minor, all of that may happen in an instant. But if the hurt is deep, the process of forgiveness may take a while. And you may, or someone else may be at one of those stages for quite a while, until you are finally able to move towards reconciliation. Recognize that. Don't be impatient. It may be you just aren't ready to forgive yet emotionally. It may be you're ready to think about how, or you aren't ready to think about how you've hurt somebody yet. The key is not being satisfied with where we are until we are reconciled. Ask God's Spirit to help you to move towards that at a pace that is possible for you. If you're unable right now to bring yourself to forgive someone else, ask God to help you to want to forgive that person or to give, the courage, give you the courage to want to forgive them. And when you know you then are at a place where you want to forgive but aren't ready, ask for his help to be ready. And then when you're ready, ask him for an opportunity to forgive. Not being able to forgive someone doesn't mean you don't love them. We may need to ask God's help to show us how much he loves them, to help us to love them more. We may need some help to get beyond what's stopping us from being able to forgive, to allow that love to lead us towards reconciliation. You may like to ask a friend to pray alongside you, or as I said, to get some professional support as you seek to move towards forgiveness. If you struggle to forgive someone, recognize that that struggle shows it matters to you. It may well be a sign that God's Spirit is ministering to you and within you. God knows what you've been through. He was with you then. He experienced the pain and the hurt and the trauma, even though you didn't maybe realize it. 
reconciliation, I believe, is God's ambition for us, his children. Wherever we are in that process towards it, pray that God's Spirit will help us to move in that direction. It may not be a leap. It may be a gentle shuffle. It might even need someone to mediate between us. And of course, it's far more complicated than that model suggests, isn't it? There may be more than one person involved. There may be forgiveness that needs to be received and offered from all involved. And people may be at different stages in the process. And it's further complicated because my diagram suggests that both people meet in the middle and there may be times when you're there but the other person or other people aren't. What do you do when you're ready to forgive someone but they don't want to ask for forgiveness? Or maybe don't even admit that they need to? It's really important to recognise that all we can do is all we can do. Let me say that again. All we can do is all we can do. Even God does not force anyone to do anything they don't want to. If we offer forgiveness and it's not received or not wanted, we have done all we need to. Or if we ask for forgiveness and it's not given, we have done all that we need to. It's healthy for us to realise this and not allow the other person's response to push us backwards but also to recognise that the offer needs to stand. Now, please, this is a really flawed model. It's just to give you an idea that this is a process. These aren't defined steps you have to go through. Don't read any more into it than just to recognise that this is a process we all go through at different times and that we need to ask for God's help, that we may reflect his love for one another by forgiving one another, or by moving towards forgiving one another in his love. Let's pray together. Jesus, this is tough. We're dealing with our emotions here. We're dealing with hurts and pain. We're dealing with events sometimes that have happened years ago. But they're still fresh. We pray, give us your spirit afresh this morning. Speak to us through the words that I have spoken, through the words that we have heard. Minister your grace to us. Help us to recognise those things for which we need to ask your forgiveness. And to recognise that that forgiveness is unconditional and is absolute. Help us too to recognise if we have hurt somebody else. Give us the grace to understand that, to recognise it and to move towards 
reconciliation with that person. Where we have been hurt, particularly if it really hurts, and we're struggling even to think about being able to forgive that person, give us your spirit to pour out your grace in our hearts. Bring others alongside us who may help us. Lord, I pray that each one of us, wherever we find ourselves in relationship with one another, will know that what you are asking of us is nothing more than you yourself have done for us. Help us to forgive in the same way that you forgive. Help us to be gentle with one another to recognize that this is part of forgiving, which is part of loving one another as you love us. Amen.